0: In today's show, we're looking ahead to the action in the NBA on Saturday, streaming options, what we're watching for, injury updates, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. I've also started a Substack, so if you want links to just all the shows that I do and some of the little tasty bits that I find, it's joshlloyd48.substack.com. It's free. You can just go sign up for that and get that email once a day with uh, interesting fantasy and NBA stuff in there, I hope. I hope that's what we're going to be doing, and we'll keep evolving that over time. We're looking ahead to Saturday in the NBA. There are just five games on. So it's prime streaming territory, especially at the end of the week as we're looking to win our matchups. Warnie. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) The first game is the Toronto Raptors taking on the Atlanta Hawks. No spread or total out at this point for this game. Um, Injuries, the uh, Hawks are looking okay. It's just Bogdan Bogdanovich. We still don't really have a timetable on. I'm not sure that he is a mustache player. I'm a little worried that there's not even top 100 upside there. And we don't know when he's coming back. On the Toronto side, there's a million guys out. Siakam is out. He's out for at least another week. Gary Trent is out again with an illness. The wiki, Chris Boucher, is out with an illness. Otto Porter's out with a dislocated toe. Precious Achua is out with that ankle. Delano Banton is out with his ankle. So it's a skeleton staff. A skeleton crew. On this, um, on this team, just, I, I don't even, who are they going to start? Like, last game, they started Banton. Who's going to step into that role? Are they going to put, like, Wancho Hernan Gomez in there? I guess they're going to, and because they don't have any guards. Like, would they finally start Flynn? Because it seems that Nick Nurse, for whatever reason, hates him, and there's no really, no other guard, unless Jeff Doughton's going to start. I don't know. It's a weird team. But what we do want to watch is the Jedi, Oji Ananobi. But what about Skars? OG. Stop OG. Uh, You better stop OG. He's dominating at the moment. Is there a little bit of a sell high with OG? Yeah, there is. I still think he can maintain close to that level of steals and blocks. It's a lot of the other stuff that I think is going to fall away. But when he's been put into this leading role, which he basically is, he's taking over from Siakam at the moment, he's killing it. There are going to be some iffy nights sometimes with efficiency. But we just want to keep an eye on how that efficiency goes and how he looks in that number one role, which in the past he hasn't really... And, you shown that offensively. Thad Young is going to get another start at center would be my guess. He absolutely is a streaming option while all of these guys are injured. There's six players here that are out for the Raptors and, yeah, five of them are definite rotation players. So there's lots of opportunities for other guys. And this is a nice Thad Young run. On Atlanta, we're hearing the reports. Stop me if you've heard this before. A John Collins trade rumor. I honestly, I don't care. Because you know, what, I don't care cause I've heard this for years, it's like Miles Turner. I've heard it for so many years, and we all sit there and go, "Oh, imagine, imagine." John Collins goes to a team where he can get more than one touch a game, and he plays thirty-three minutes, and he'll be back to being the guy that we saw three years ago as a top twenty fantasy player. And that is legitimately possible. What if he gets traded to a team and he sits in an Obi Toppin role behind another power forward and never plays and plays a 20-minute backup role? So making moves, fantasy trades, based on rumors that we've heard for three years with no indication whatsoever of where he would be going or what team it would be or what role he would be in is fraught with danger. You might as well flip a coin. Like, how many times have we heard this trade for John Collins? Like, how many? What sort of trade makes the Hawks better? I don't know what the answer to that is either. So while we might get excited about it, what if he goes somewhere and they desperately need that four and the numbers go up? That's true. But what if it's a good team that already has a four and the Lakers go, we want you to play behind Anthony Davis as a -a 24-minute-a-night, Bobby Portis-type player. Then his value goes down. Maybe that's what happens. So I don't think you need to make moves based on rumors for John Collins when it's a 50-50, actually, whether it gets better, stays the same or worse. I don't know. It can't be a 50-50 with three options. It's a 33-33-33. Like, there's, you know, there's a one-third chance it gets better. Two-thirds, it doesn't get better, either staying the same or gets worse. That's, yeah. I, and I, But you, you know me. I'm really loathe to make a lot of trades in fantasy. And especially ones like that when there's just... I don't see w- where it goes. I don't see the the great odds that are in your favor. I just want to watch DeJounte Murray because after a red-hot start, where was top 10 and a lot of commentary on it was... Well, maybe it's Trey that's the one that's going to drop off. And DeJounte's going to stay a top 10 player. Now, Trey hasn't really stepped up, but DeJounte's dropped way off. He's not in the top 10 anymore. I think he's 30th over the last couple of weeks. And he, I think he's going to settle into that 18-30 to 30 range rest of season as the scoring's come down, the assist rate has come down as well. We'll see if we can change our mind on that. But he's settling into more of my preseason expectations. Let's go to the Magic They are taking on the Indiana Pacers. This is a back-to-back for both of these teams. There's no spread or total out as of yet. Um, In terms of injuries, it's going to be hard to to know because we don't know what happens on Friday, but Paula will be out. Cole Anthony will be out. Michael Fultz will be out. We expect that Flaming Mo Wagner will be out. That gives me a chance to play the sound, which I don't do very often. And Voldemort will likely be sidelined as well. Gary Harris and Wendell Carter Jr. are both playing Friday. I would have to expect that it's unlikely that Harris plays um, on in, on Saturday's game or in Saturday's game, but we don't know. That's a back-to-back. I expect Carter plays. What we do want to see is if there is any impact in the return of Gary Harris on Bowl. because Boll has obviously been playing unbelievably well. He's been starting for a long time. He's been playing you know, 25 to 30 minutes, but it has been with an absolute dearth of guards. And before Cole Anthony went hurt, or got hurt, and that was with Harris and Fultz and even Suggs on the sideline, he was playing 24 minutes off the bench. Do they stay with the big lineup when all these guards start to return? We don't know the answer to that. And we probably won't get a great answer to it today, but if they immediately throw Gary Harris in as a starter first game back, then I think your your expectations on bowl should be lessened somewhat. He's been great. There's no doubt about it, but it's all about where do Bunkerro, Cole, Fultz, Harris, where do they fit in? To the rotation when um, when they're back. That's that's the answer. We just don't know, and we want to find out about it. As for Wendell Carter, he was dominating with Paolo. He was putting up such big numbers. He looks like a legitimate top level, top ten NBA center, maybe top fifteen. Definitely looks like a guy that shouldn't have been traded for Nikola Vucevic, but he's putting up really strong numbers with Paolo, upping the usage, scoring well. Let's see if after that one game off with the plantar fascia issue he's able to keep it going. That's what I want to see. For Indiana, said back-to-back for these guys as well. Chris Diwarte, a bit of an update on him. It looks like we may be a week or so away from him returning. Not that we care, because he'd sort of been phased out of the rotation anyway, or into a much smaller role in the rotation with everyone healthy. But it is hard to, to know, because the game before he got hurt, he played 38 minutes. Um, I don't know that I fully believe in that. That was a game that... um. Aaron Neesmith was out, and Nembhard played only seven minutes, and Matherin played only 22, and Miles Turner played only 20, so it was a weird game, but we just want to watch him when he does come back. That's got nothing to do with this one. What I want to watch in this one is Humpty Dumpty, Benedict Matherin, because Matherin is scoring really well. I think he's at like 19 points per game. The problem is, is his minutes fluctuate, his other stats are low, and that leaves him to be a underwhelming fantasy guy at times. His ability to get to the rim and get free throws is amazing as a rookie. His scoring bursts are amazing, but everything else is so inconsistent. Can't, look, and the reason he can't get a starting job is because of the inconsistency and the lack of contributions in other areas, I believe. It also doesn't hurt him to be on the bench as long as he's playing 30 minutes because then he gets to run with 30% usage, which he wouldn't in the starting group. But we want to see how he's used, how the minutes look, and can he start to do other stuff. And we also we want to watch Jalen Smith, Sticks. By your man. There's a couple of things that, common misconceptions, I'll keep saying them because people tune in and out of different shows. Jalen Smith is not impacted by Miles Turner, I don't believe. They don't play the same position at all. Miles Turner trade doesn't unlock Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith is bad because Jalen Smith is bad. But I have seen Jalen Smith play, I saw him play last season, I've seen him play before. I know he is bad. But I also know that these shooting numbers he's putting up are not representative of who he is as a player. There's one thing we can talk about him being bad, and he is. But he's also a much better shooter than this. So being bad as a player, if he's getting 28 minutes a night and the shooting comes back to normal, then the value will be there. I'm not saying to hold on to him because it's been really bad and maybe it doesn't get better. And when he loses confidence and the shots don't go, Carlo just says, sit down. And that obviously doesn't help us. But I think there is going to be some sort of positive regression coming with some of his shooting numbers because I've seen that rather than his 10-game sample size. I've seen 30 games or 40 games or 60 games or college numbers of him being a better shooter than this. And I think that will start to improve. Let's see if it turns around at all in this game. Today's episode is brought to you by Masterclass. Maybe Jalen Smith wants to take one of the courses there on shooting that is run by Steph Curry. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn how to cook from Gordon Ramsay. Massimo Bottura is in there as well, teaching you how to cook. You can learn sports skills. Wayne Gretzky's in there teaching a course on MasterClass, There's over 180 classes from a range of world-class instructors. And that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. It's not necessary to sit down and consume a full class start to finish, getting the individual, or getting insights from those individual lessons. You can do it really quickly. 10 minute little chunks and you get back in with a bookmark feature and just pick up where you left off. I highly recommend you check it out. This holiday, give one annual membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash locked on today. That's masterclass.com slash locked on. Terms? Apply. The Wolves and the Sixers. This is a back to back for Philadelphia. They haven't played all week. And then they play the Friday, Saturday back to back. It is such a weird schedule for them. Um, No spread or total out at this point. We know Jim Harden's going to be out. Felkan Korkmaz is going to be out. Um, Well, I expect he's going to be out. The Thick Hogsman appeared on the injury report. um, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, T-H for life. He's got hip soreness, so there is a risk of him missing either Friday or Saturday. We need to look at that. Matisse Stiebel is off the injury report um, after he appeared with that ankle issue. He'd started the last two games, Stiebel, 30 and 27 minutes. We don't know whether he will start on Friday or on Saturday. For the Wolves side of things, well, it's just, it's really about Anthony Edwards. Um... Uh, the free throw is just bad. I think we have to look at that and say maybe. He was never a great, great free throw shooter. He was like a 77 guy, but he's like a 70, 67 type of player at the moment. It's killing him. But I think maybe we just need to adjust and say, well, this maybe is just who he is. He put together some of the other stuff last game. I'd like to see that continue. But he's been a gigantic disappointment so far this season. D'Angelo Russell has also been very up and down and very confusing. Russell um, played poorly again last game. His shooting is way off, but at least his minutes were solid. I don't think that he's any sort of droppable player. But I wouldn't be surprised if it does go down that route eventually just because they make deals or yeah, trade someone, get someone in to replace him. But on their roster, the only option is Jordan McLaughlin. And I don't really think that's going to happen. But Russell needs to improve that efficiency. For the Sixers, what we want to watch, and we'll get an idea of this on Friday, is Anthony Melton, is he going to start? If he plays only 20 minutes behind Matisse Leibel you jack him off. Like, he can, he can go straight away. Get that garbage out of here! And despite what people think about me, I am more than happy to move on from players when they aren't meeting expectations. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're so stubborn holding on to Melton. If he's not playing 25 minutes, I don't think he's worth holding. I know that if he plays those minutes and the opportunity is there, which it should be here, then he is a fantasy relevant player. But if he doesn't get the minutes, what are we doing? We don't need to waste that time because then Harden comes back and it gets even more squishy. So we're getting more data on this. I will still hold Melton, but if he doesn't start either Friday or Saturday, I I don't know that it's worth holding. Embiid. Last time we saw Joel, he dropped, what, 59, 12, and 7 blocks or something with eight assists, some crazy line. He's putting up big numbers. His minutes have been huge as well. Last four games, 37, 32, 40, and 37. Is he just a a 36-minute-a-night player now? That's really important for where his value goes. Obviously, he's not going to do what he did against Utah because literally never nobody has ever done that before. All right, So to expect that to repeat would be stupid. It's not going to happen. But we want to see what his minutes look like and can he continue this rich vein of form. Jazz Blazers Back-to-back for Utah. Rudy Gay is out for a couple of weeks. Gary Payton will still be sidelined for Portland. We haven't seen him play this season. Where he fits, I don't know because obviously Shaden Sharp is playing really well off the bench. He's not replacing Simons or Lillard in the starting lineup. He's not replacing Josh Hart, I wouldn't have thought. So I don't really know where Peyton fits. So he's obviously, obvious to me, he's not a 12-team league guy. Um, and then Keon Johnson is still questionable. What we want to watch on the Jazz side of things is Walker Kessler, who's averaging 1.6 blocks per game. He's not doing anything else. He's not really close to getting 20 minutes a night. But as a blocks specialist in category leagues, there is some value if it makes sense on your team. You don't really find those blocks in other spots. Again, I don't really see the upside pushing to 25 minutes this season or really at any point unless multiple injuries strike, but he's helping in that one category alone and maybe that's enough. Also, want to watch Colin Sexton, who it's been confusing. My initial read on him, as I said the other day, was he is a backup point guard and he's going to get limited minutes behind Mike Conley. And others pushed back on that and said, no, he's just recovering from his knee injury and they'll ramp his minutes up. And I went, I don't really know about that. And then, the minutes push back up. And now the minutes have pushed back down, making me think that it's not, It's at, I tell you now, the minutes for him at the moment are not knee injury related. That is guaranteed because you don't go from being knee injury related and playing 31, 29, 27, 28 to now playing 13, 22, 25, and 17. It's that they gave him that extra minute. They didn't really like that. And he's back into a more of a reserve role. And his fantasy category upside is so limited that I don't think he's a 12-team league hold. But maybe he proves me wrong. For the Blazers, we talked buy low, sell highs. I think he was on the buy low, sell high show. Anyway, we've talked about him enough, Jeremy Grant, how he was going crazy. And then he dropped one of the biggest smelly turds you've ever seen on Thursday against the Nets. But his minutes are gigantic. 42-39, 37-37 the last four games. That's really high. Some might say it's too high. In fact, I would definitely say it's too high. Um... He hasn't really brought the defensive stats that we thought he might. He was getting by on some big usage and big shooting. I'm really interested to see where he sits this season, and if he can get back to being just sort of average in shooting, not like I'm shooting 70% from three or I'm shooting 4% from three, which is sort of where it's been. Also want to watch Yusuf Nurkic. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Missed those three games with the groin issue, came back, played 15 minutes and 25 minutes, and they went small and closed games with other players. Is it the groin issue that is still hurting him? I, I'm, a, I'm a bit concerned about it. The small lineups have yeah, been successful at times, but also not successful at other times. I actually think he does need to play 30 minutes a night for them to be um, solid, but I don't know what Billups is going to do. So we really want to watch, dig into the role that Nurkic gets and see how much Winslow gets in comparison, so we can work out where we uh, where we sit with old Yusuf. Today's episode is also brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and some amateur leagues out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all covered at BetOnline.net. You know that my USC Trojans are looking to push into the college football playoffs, and this week, we've got UCLA. And we're two and a half point favorites. You can check all of the odds. for The second last week of the regular season for college football. All of those college football odds are available at betonline.net. So go check them out. Go check out USC. And go check out our our odds to beat the the, uh, Bruins this week. BetOnline is also the fastest and easiest way to get all of your betting fixes. So head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. The Spurs and the Clippers. All right. The Clippers are eight-point favorites. I don't know why I pause like that. The Clippers are eight-point favorites. Luke Kennard will be out. Zach Collins will be out. Blake Wesley will be out. We don't know about the horse, Calden Johnson. Whose horse is that? He is questionable. He was a late scratch on Thursday. Dougie McDirt missed on Thursday. Romeo Langford missed and Malachi Branham missed. We don't know the statuses of those guys yet. The last couple of games with um, players out like McDermott, and like uh, Johnson and Langford, we saw Kater Bates-Diop play 31, 26, and 31 minutes. Now, let me give you an idea of, of people say, oh, man, I should have added Bates-Diop for the week ahead. And in hindsight, that's great. But the previous two games prior to the start of this five-game week for the Spurs, Bates-Diop had played two minutes combined. Like he was out of the rotation. So like pulling that out of your ass, would well, it's great in hindsight, but there's no basis in reality for that of, to have been a move that made sense at the time, like grabbing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab a guy that's literally not playing, and expect big minutes. It, it did work out, and it's where we talk about process over results. If you did grab him, it was based on nothing, and it worked out for you. Well done, but the process um, doesn't make sense there. Same as even adding Isaiah Roby, who's played 53 minutes in the last three games after playing four minutes in the previous three games. Like that, that's that's great, but how did we expect that? We didn't. Anyway, let's see what Bates Diop can do, especially if Langford and McDermott and Keldon all miss. He's going to have a role, and he's probably worth a stream for the uh, the weekend back-to-back. And we also want to watch Goldfinger, Charlie Bassey, who, again, has struggled. The minutes and the, the production's gone down these last few games. The reason we rostered him was a five-game week. He is still, I believe, a top 120 player per game on the season. The reason we added him was for the week, but the reason we cautioned the long-term value of Bassi is he's a third-string center. And no, they're not splitting the minutes with Purdle. and maybe he takes over from Collins, and maybe Purtle gets traded, but he's not worth that stream outside of the fact they had five games this week. And he was an absolute must-roster player for this week. That process, I believe, was correct. And just because the last two games have been subpar from Bassi, it doesn't make the process incorrect. But I, if I had Bassi, because I think I think I've got him in one league, I would hold... For the weekend back-to-back. Now, if you wanted to drop him and add Bates-Diop for that, that that's fine. That could also just completely backfire and Bassi has two big games and Bates-Diop falls away. That, that's possible too. But if you've got the ads, like obviously recent form says Bates-Diop is playing more, try it. But the Spurs rotation in those bench guys in particular, there's just so much fluctuation there that it is hard to get a reliable pattern on it. For the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard was back. He started. I expect he'll start this game. What I really want to watch are minutes. He played 25 minutes in his first game back, which is probably five more than I expected. So he didn't shoot well. He was impactful there, but the fact is he played the minutes. I wonder how long it's going to take him to get to 30. With Kawhi back, it impacts a lot of guys. Luke Kennard is out. We know that. But it impacts guys like um, Norman Powell and John Wall and Reggie Jackson. Wall was Putrid last game. It was the first time he'd played under 20 minutes since the 2nd of November, um, and Reggie Jackson got the extra minutes. Is it just going to be a hot hand thing with Jackson and Wall? They didn't share the court at all with Kawhi back. That's notable, because that means that Wall probably tops out at 24 minutes, making him very hard to be a 12-team league category must-roster player. In a points league, I I can see it because he, he can still get high usage in that second unit. But for category leagues with the deficiencies in his game and the lower minutes, it is a little bit harder to get as excited about him in that sort of a situation. If we're back-to-back streaming the weekend, it's only Spurs players. That is the value of Charles Bassey or Jeremy Sohan or Cater or Bates-Diop, if you believe in him. Like These are the only players who play Saturday, Sunday. If we're looking just to stream on Saturday, you got Thedus Young. Chuma Okeke, who will probably get another start with uh, Polo out now. Okeke um, doesn't do too much apart from get steals, but there should be 30 minutes there, and that's valuable at least there on the Saturday for Okeke. Jeremy Sohan with the back-to-back, as we talked about. Kyle Anderson getting some nice defensive stats at the moment. Christian Col- This is how you know it's a rough streaming night. We're talking Christian Coloco. That's mainly because there are five to six Raptors rotation players out, but I don't think he's going to start, but he might be a streamer. Matisse Thibault for defensive stats. Joshy Richardson's got the back-to-back. And then Nico Batum, who might give you zero. He might give you 18. I don't know. For deeper leagues, a lot of the same names. Stad Young, Kyle Anderson, Coloco, Thybul, Batum, Andrew Nembhard. I'd probably even put him into 12-teamers. Terence Mann, and TJ McConnell. And lastly, we look at points league streams. These guys are all available in over 50% of leagues. We've got Thad Young and Shumara KK. There's Jeremy Sohan, Kyle Anderson, Christian Koloko, Reggie Jackson, Andrew Nembhard, and Onyeka Akongwu. And guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on Odyssey. If you're on YouTube, you thumb it up. You leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Locked On Podcast, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.